Episode 56. The one where if you plant a vineyard, don't drink your own supply. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theodiluvians. <laughs> that means flood. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Yes, yeah. this is a Texas flood. That's right. <laughs> I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. Nuts. Coming at you live. Woo-hoo. We are back in the studio That's again. Right. Feels like it's so, been forever. Yeah, I know. It's like, Feels like wow. forever. People are like, what are y'all doing? Y'all quitting? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. We're not quitting. We're just coming back. So, harder, so where stronger. were you? I was here. Yeah. I, I put something out there. You know what? Actually. While you were here, I was teaching young children <laughs> about the glorious truths of God's yeah, word. Yeah, you were playing is what you were doing. <laughs> and disc golf. <laughs> no, I, I was at Super Summer. Super Having a super summer. duper good time. Yeah, that's right. At Dallas Baptist University. And, and you've just been like jazzed ever since. You oh, come yeah. in here bouncing off the walls. Totally, yeah. You Laugh, can tell my voice is... Laughing to Shamoho. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Watching Shia LaBeouf videos. It's great stuff. Do it! Just do it! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was an awesome week. Uh, Yesterday you, know. you said tomorrow! <laughs> so just... He holds his hand out and he's like, do it! I don't even get what that means. Okay. <laughs> All right, Shia, I'm gonna do it. We're just gonna do it. Oh, it's great. So yeah, it was a it was a wonderful week. I I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, wrecked my voice, singing the top of my lungs, doing worship songs. Cool. And uh, having a having a good time. Blue school. We didn't win super cool super school this year, but we came close. And oh, slacker. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Falling down on your job. Oh well. Oh well. They were like Jeremiah, you're such an awesome teacher, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> No, I'm joking. <laughs> what is pride come before? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, but no, it was yeah. real fun. It doesn't come before a fall. That's a haughty spirit. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's a haughty spirit. My bad, homie. Whoa. Slow your roll. Stop being haughty. And Stop being, yeah. Tame your pride down. That's right. Just calm down. So, anyways, so it's been good. How about you? What have you been doing this week since uh, you know you missed swimming, me so much? building an ark? Yeah, yeah. It's been raining. Yeah. It actually, we had a little break. Yeah, we had a window there. It's really funny. We go to we go to camp and it's ninety five degrees out on the rec field <laughs> for three days after right. like it's been pouring down and cl- overcast for the past two months. I don't know. Yeah, it's been crazy. I think God's just like <laughs> Jeremiah. And, and, look at that fat boy. And there's on the like rec field. a there's like a tropical depression coming in. Yeah, I know. Like today, I know. <laughs> what? Batting down the hatches. Hello, God is in control. He is. He knows what's going on. That's right. So, <laughs> open up the floodgates, Lord. But we are uh, putting in uh, some more services here at the coffee shop. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited about so that. So we're go- We just received today. We received a, a panini grill and a waffle grill. And so, so you're gonna make yeah. waffles and paninis. Yeah. 
Or panini waffles. Panini waffles. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. You could, you know, you could invent your. That's what America's known for, right? Inventing the yeah. foods. Yeah, you could put something in there that's you not supposed the, to go in there. You could make the waffleini. The waffleini. The waffleini, and it could become world <laughs> famous, right? Like Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Exactly. All I got to do is come up with something else that can go with waffles besides fish, fish, <laughs> fish and waffles. <laughs> David's Fish and Waffles, only at the Bird's Yes. Nest. <laughs> Makes no sense. Okay. That's great. Wow. Tartar sauce and syrup. Oh, golly. Oh, so, so nasty. Can you imagine that oh, conglomeration yeah. in your mouth? Mm, nice. So do you have news? I guess so. Let's do it. And now, the news. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's see. I guess the biggest headline that's hitting every Christian news source around the world yesterday morning uh, uh, at the age of ripe, young age of 88 years old, Miss Elizabeth Elliot passed away, finally went through the gates of splendor, as it were. Mm. Those of you who don't know Elizabeth Elliot, <coughs> she was the the wife of her late husband, Jim Elliot, um, who who died at the hands of a, a tribe in Ecuador. He died at the end of a spear. At the end of a spear, that's right, as a missionary. And he and his family, not his family, he and his missionary group, uh, I think Nate, is it Nate St. <coughs> Cloud? I can't remember all the other names. Anyways, um, they went out to, it's an amazing story. If you have not either read Through the Gates of, or read, uh, yeah, Through the Gates of Splendor, or watch the docudrama End of the Spear, you need to go out and do it because it's such an amazing, amazing uh, story. Basically, the whole point of it was Jim Elliott, his missionary crew, went out, tried to witness these people. They killed him. His family went back, including Elizabeth, and lived with the very people that slaughtered his right. him and his group. The actual man who put the spear in the his The actual heart. man that yeah. put the, that's right, and, uh, and led them to the Lord and changed the entire culture of that tribe. And so it's an amazing story. Um, I used it during Super Summer to, to tell my kids. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes by Jim Elliott ever, uh, the will of God is always a bigger thing than we bargain for, but we must believe that whatever it involves, it is good, acceptable, and perfect. And when you think about that, and then you think about what That the, played out perfect in his life. That's right. Yeah. What the will of God was for Jim Elliott is mm-hmm. amazing. And so... Anyways, well, without his sacrifice, that would not have happened. That's right. This it entire took, it tribe. took that. It took his. That's how he. He. Right. That's how he was able to reach those lost people. Yeah, was through his death. I mean, it's just a. It's a beautiful picture of how God uses tragedy to bring about mm-hmm. His glory. And these people, literally, I mean, the entire tribe, I guess before Jim Elliott and his crew, if you were born in this tribe in Ecuador, it was one of the most savage. That's the reason it was unreached, because nobody wanted to go over there to them. It was so savage that you had a, a better chance of dying from murder than of natural causes if you were born into that tribe. Wow. It was a... That's statistically had a better chance and so i mean they just killed each other for looking at each other sideways <laughs> and so it was just what they did and and then whenever they introduced christ in the picture their entire lives flipped it upside down change is amazing so anyways um go check out uh the end of the spear the movie i think it's on netflix actually it might be if it's not it's online i know that 
um, check out Through the Gates of Splendor. Um, she also, Elizabeth Elliot, through her life, she wrote around 20 books, including the classic uh, Passion and Purity, uh, which is a really famous book. And uh, it's like a Christian staple for most churches. And so <coughs> just check that stuff out. It's pretty good. Um, pretty good. Her, her writing was just amazing. She was just a, a passionate and loving woman. And, you know, you think about Jim Elliot, but then you think about what Elizabeth did mm. after Jim died. I mean, she chose, and her family, and not only her she had a baby boy, you know, right. not only her family, but the other missionary families chose to go back and still witness to these same people who killed her husband. Wow. Uh, you think about the courage and just the love and compassion. That's uh, it's pretty amazing. So anyway, she passed away yesterday morning, and she's uh, finally in glory celebrating the Lord, and uh, 88 years old, a wonderful, wonderful life full of... Uh, Full of grace, but all right. Let's see here. Morgan Freeman is set to host a new show. Oh, we need Brendan here from the Finding Christ in Cinema. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he does. does he, he does Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's right. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I can't do it. Brendan, where are you? I can't. Morgan, you know I'm God. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, Morgan Freeman is actually going to host a new show. Uh, on Nat Geo about, and this is the, this is the title, the story of God. It's going to dive into the history of religiosity. Uh, is it a biopic? Yeah, it's a biopic of his <laughs> life, pretty much. No, um, it's going di- to dive into the variety of uh, religiously significant locations across the globe, including the Vatican, Stonehenge, and even Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church to learn about rituals from cultures around the world and even undergo lab experiments that examine the scientific side of spiritual experiences. Wow. So it sounds like it's pretty interesting. Uh, we'll see what Nat Geo does <clears throat> with God here, but Morgan Freeman's set to host that. Morgan Freeman. That's, that was worse than mine. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> you do a really spot-on sling blade. <laughs> But Morgan Freeman, you are not, sir. Like, mm, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Biscuits and mustard and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I like mustard on them. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, uh, yeah, Morgan Freeman. That, that, that's, uh, that's happening. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yes. Well, I don't know. If it's, not, it's not even related. I was just going to say. Shoot it out there. You know, we were talking about um, uh, the AD show. I don't yes. know why this reminded me of that. How are you liking it? But yeah, I watched it uh, the the um, second to the last episode yeah. this week. It, it is real good. Wow. I'm like really amazed by, <laughs> by it. They're doing things in it that are like not surface level stuff. I mean, really? they're doing some deep history, historical stuff, stuff that, that's not right there in the text of the Bible, but yeah. things that you have to look into Josephus or some of the history of what was going on with the zealots and the Daniel's prophecy of the abomination of desolation and how that could have played <laughs> into this time frame. It's I'm just so eighty seventy the whole. Well, I don't know if that's where they're headed or not. Uh, they they are leaning on this whole is Daniel's prophecy coming true and oh. and and all that. So there's. Uh, it, but they're obviously they can't get through Acts. There's one more episode left, which uh, it looks like they're going to get through about chapter ten of wow. Acts. Wow! Uh, they're really not covering much of Paul's really? at, at all. This is mostly up through Peter's um, wow 
mission mission and then uh I, it would be cool if they have another season yeah they could jump in and do probably Paul, call it paul's mission yeah journeys. and follow paul on his missionary journeys and i bet that's that what they're planning on doing then because i mean that doesn't even really scratch the surface of paul yeah and they're you, you know they're um they're like doing a, a a real good job of building character development and yeah. that sort of thing, which is not usual, you know, amongst this type of, of work either, because it's like, oh, they've read the Bible. They know who Noah <laughs> is, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But but they're actually building these characters. And, and so, for example, Tabitha is uh, in the Bible. We don't get much about her. Yeah. Peter rose, you know, rose her up from the dead. Okay, that's really all we get right. from her. She's a character in the show, right? I mean, she's she wow. uh, from the time we meet her and her conversion to Christianity and and her she gets disciplined and it's ultimately her beating from that that causes her to, to die. die. Wow. And uh so you got this whole real cool character development here. It's not just and then Peter rose this lady up. It was you know, you get to know her, and you get to know what led up to this. Yeah, and of course, it's all you know fictional, but sure, creative license. But it's really cool the way they're doing it because, and they're honoring the Bible well in it. Wow, um, the conversions are happening uh, very much just like the scriptures say. I mean, it's, it's really what, cool. How do they handle tongues? Uh, right now, they haven't done much of that. Obviously, Pentecost. the Pentecost is the different languages. They're right, all hearing. Course, yeah. They're all hearing them in yeah, their yeah. in their own language. Right. So they didn't they didn't go in the unknown tongue type of oh, discussion. That'd be like really that. fun to see. So yeah, see what happened there. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, that was off topic. But go ahead. No, that's really interesting. <laughs> I, I really want to watch this. I actually want to show my kids this because I, th- I, th- I think. If it's mm-hmm. if it's that good, then then you see it. I think it's awesome that they're able to do that on a primetime. Yeah, and, and they've got you know uh, you know decent like actors, actors involved. Yeah. They're they're not you know just you know some guy at a church right. that you know came right. on board. I mean it's there's like um, uh, what is that guy's name? James Callis plays uh, Herod. Wow, you know, he, he from Battlestar Galactica, yeah. the TV show, <laughs> Baltar. <laughs> And he's yeah. just as conniving and, and wow. sniveling as he is in that. So that's awesome, man. All right, so uh, I don't know. This isn't really news, but I thought it was hilarious. So I thought I'd bring it up. Go check out Relevant Magazine. They've uh, they've done a definitive. You know, they do all these definitive rankings. This one's the definitive ranking of Christian bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good. Like. <laughs> So they rank from one to ten. Like number one is, and they give these taglines beside them. It says passive aggressive in a loving way, and this is what the bumper sticker says: Try Jesus. If you don't like him, Satan will always take you back. (laughs) 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 Then there's one that's like, again, this is passive aggressive because it's like passive aggressive. Back off me, (laughs) but too close to comfort. Are you following Jesus this close? If you can read this bumper sticker, that's right. You may be overdoing it. Right. Oh, my goodness. Vote for Jesus or elect Jesus as your leader. That's so funny. Uh, we have obviously, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. How many times have oh, you seen yeah, that yeah. one? Jesus is my co pilot. Yeah. Or whatever. I love this one. Don't let the car fool you. My treasure is in heaven. <laughs> 
And we all know the rapture one. In case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Oh, yeah. Or in case of rapture, this car is yours or something like that, you know. Well, uh, (laughs) then they have a couple King James ones. This is awesome. It just says 1611 AD King James Bible. (laughs) Wow. It's hardcore. And then this other one that says King James only. If it ain't King James, it ain't Bible. Wow. (laughs) This would... Number 10, the discussion ender. God said it. That settles it, whether we believe it or not. <laughs> the discussion ender. Right. <laughs> the discussion ender. Not the discussion. Yeah. And then it says, <laughs> under that, it says, checkmate, atheists. <laughs> That's awesome. Number 11, don't put a question mark where God puts a period. And then it just has more question marks. Right. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. We've heard, I mean, it's just so funny. I, this is probably my favorite out of all of them. Number 13, turn from your wicked ways is what the tagline is. But then it says, I bet Jesus would have used his turn signals. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then under that it says, they will know us by our love, and now we merge into oncoming traffic. <laughs> so go check that yeah, out. It's funny because our Christianity does seem to, to to wane when we're on the road. Isn't that true? Oh my <laughs> goodness. I never realized just how horrible I am until I'm flipping somebody off in a couple. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's so funny. Have you ever seen the uh, YouTube? Check out that YouTube video sometime of that guy's. It's Christian. Uh, Christian Road Rage. I think it's, <clears throat> if you just type in Christian Road Rage, this yeah. guy, he's hilarious. It's like he's driving to like church or something. He's like, Dirty Philistine! And all this other stuff. <laughs> it's just so funny watching him. He's yelling at him. Den of Vipers! Yeah, he's like, Burn in hell! That's what's going to happen to you if you don't repent. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Wow. Oh, man. So, anyways, I... I didn't want to have it, but I have to. I have to have this. So let's let's go ahead and do a little bit of Pope news. Oh, okay. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> come together. Hallelujah, the Pope is here. <laughs> like I was trying to stay away from it, but this headline is just yeah. It's we're gonna so wear good. it. Wear it a little thin. I know. I'm not gonna <laughs> do it next week. I swear. <laughs> but this week, I mean, it's just awesome what he's doing. Pope Francis is building a homeless shelter in Vatican City. In Vatican City. In Vatican City. They don't have like the homeless sprinklers at the Vatican? No, (laughs) actually. (laughs) You know, the the sprinklers that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, they do now. He's installed free showers in Vatican City already. Oh, so it's a different different type of He's also paid for homeless individuals to visit the Shroud of Turin and arrange private museum tours and even provide free shaves and haircuts for them. But now Shaving a haircut Shaving a haircut The Pope That's right <laughs> But now Now he's putting a 30 A new 30 bed Homeless shelter To be built in Vatican So this is really cool You know You have past popes And they're like Oh we need a new basilica You know And they, yeah. they do the You know Well that's cool Yeah But this guy <clears throat> Is actually doing A homeless I just Yeah I love this Pope. Pulling the the Mother Teresa out. Yep, yeah. that's right. That's awesome. Way to go, Pope Francis. You're an awesome guy. <laughs> I may disagree with you on climate change, but hey, thanks for feeding the poor. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, that's that's all I got. Uh, okay, cool. Hey, um, before we before we move on, I yes. forgot. Um, did you want to do any type of feedback? 
from because you got some feedback, right? Uh, you know what? Let's save it for next week because I'd really like to talk <laughs> and see if I can bring this uh, feedback. Okay, closer to a, a a place where we can have a conversation. Okay, cool. So, uh, all right, well, we'll do but that. But suffice to say, I got some feedback on theonomy. So, if anybody wants to yes. ring in on their idea of theonomy, yeah, that would actually be cool. Because, and and to be quite honest, um, you know, we're kind of new to the whole oh yeah theonomy uh, thing, and so. Uh, I'm sure that we did misrepresent it in some way. Yeah, it's uh, only natural for us. Well, and, <laughs> right. Well, and the, and part of it, um, it is, and this is just me, but the um, the the things that I have found researching it are all over the map. Like I'm not seeing a lot of consistency. Like uh. like yes, on certain things like the civil law being implemented, that's consistent. But what I'm not the division of the law issue is not consistent. I hear different theonomists right. have differing opinions about that. Where to divide it or how to divide yeah, it? Yeah, where can it even be divided? Some of them don't divide it at all. Some of them uh, divide it two ways, not three. Oh, yeah. uh, like Rush Dooney is one of the quote-unquote founders of the movement. And um, he's there are statements in there that even do allude to the, to the ceremonial stuff as well. So. Huh. So there's just all kinds of opinions out there about it, and um, I'm, I, I'm seeing some conflicting stuff between the theonomists. Wow. So I want to look at it some more, too, because it's something that I, I want to talk about. Well, it's just a unique thing. A little bit more. It's, it's, a, it's totally... I would recommend, if you guys are curious as what we're even talking about, um, go to YouTube and search for Theonomy Debate. Uh, look for it's a it's a there's a debate out there that just happened I guess earlier this year between uh, uh, Josh uh, what's his name oh now that I'm doing it off the top of my head uh, J- uh, Jared Hall J D Hall yeah and um, and and Josh somebody man I, my mind is and the Hall is the theonomist no he's the oh, he's the opposing, opposing. It, and and this is by AmericanVision.com they are theonomists. Uh, group and okay. and so this is like uh, it's set up there there is uh, they are defending the stance of theonomy so it's huh. it's 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 interesting it's about an hour and a half two hours long okay. but it'll give you a really good understanding of what the debate is all about yeah I I still have yet to see that but I'm planning on doing that okay so. well we'll talk about it more definitely right now let's do this. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you ready, punk? Yeah, you're I, winning, aren't you? Uh, I am, but I can't remember exactly how much. It's either by one or by two. Actually, last week I lost twice, but you only gained one. So you, uh, you were on names. Yeah, and I think I am on New Testament. Okay, let's go with that. All right, so I will start. Here we go. New Testament. Who was the first Gentile convert to Christianity accepted without circumcision? (laughs) Sorry, that's the way the cards read. Boop. Okay. (laughs) 
The first accepted without circumcision. Is that some sort of caveat here? Because obviously the first one is going to be Cornelius. That's my answer. You got it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. That <laughs> I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, this whole thing about Titus and Timothy and how one of them was <laughs> circumcised and one of them was not, you know, or whatever. But yeah, it was definitely Cornelius. Okay. It was Cornelius. Cornel- right. Cornelia. Okay. Um, well, according what, to scripture, it was Cornelius. Okay. We were on names, right? I wonder if there was somebody else before Cornelius. I don't know. But once again. They're doing a cool job with that in the AD show. Oh, are they? Like Cornelius has been a major character of the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, and next, and, and he's still not converted yet. It's going to be obviously what happens in this last episode. Sure. But yeah, it's like it's coming to a head with the Gentiles then. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, his. But here's my question. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Go ahead. So you're on uh, names. Names. Yes. <clears throat> Name. The first wife of Hosea. The first wife of Hosea? Is it Gomer? <laughs> You're not going to wait till the music ends? No. Okay, what would you say? Gomer? Is that... Yeah. The See, first, they're trying to trick us. The first wife? Like, <laughs> isn't that like the only wife of Hosea? Uh, I mean, she wasn't that great I'm a wife. I'm sure but, there's another one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't say that. But I think that that's... A, yeah, they're trying to trick you. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. All right, I'm on the last one here. Mm. What is that? Words. Oh, yeah. it's where I, you have to complete the sentences and stuff like that. Yeah. In the King James. Because if it ain't King James, it, it ain't the Bible. Bible. That's right. <laughs> Amen, brother. Okay, in what chapter of First Corinthians does Paul discuss the resurrection of the body? I don't know why this chapter is fifteen. That's correct. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> yes, lucky. Gosh. <laughs> I'll give you a chance to catch up. All right. Good luck. Okay, you won that round, by the way. So there's no way I'm going to catch up. Yeah, well, we'll see how far you can go. Okay, all right, deal. <laughs> all right, you're on letters, numbers, and sequences. Okay. Sequences. <laughs> Sequen- sequences? Sequences? <laughs> I love sequences. I put them on everything. <laughs> what? Okay, go <clears throat> This You gave this one to me. The, the I think we got the, the cards tossed around. Um, okay. To the nearest hundred... How many men? <laughs> Great. I'm terrible at math. <laughs> to the nearest hundred. How many men did Elisha feed with 20 small loaves and having some left over? To the nearest hundred? To the nearest hundred. 20 small loaves. Uh, okay. Oh, let's do this. There you go. I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> let's say 500. Oh, you lose. How many? A hundred. <laughs> Where is That's that? That's in Second Kings 4. Yeah, sure. 42 to 44. Sure it is. So. Liar? It's not in the Bible. I've read that thing a million times. I read it. I read it. That story your mama told me, it ain't in there. It ain't there. <laughs> You're not done that to you, boy. <laughs>
I think the sling blade thing just comes natural for me. It's I have so a, weird. I have an uncle who sounds just like sling blade. Really? So yeah, I must inherit that. <laughs> I mean, he wow. sounds just like him. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so today, mm. this is a challenge. Yes. We were challenged to do this yes. topic because I think it was said that you can't do this. And I was like, just do it. Do it. Do it. No. <laughs> do it. No, we weren't challenged quite like that. The uh, wow. the challenge was uh, Finding Christ in Cinema had just done uh, the movie Noah. Right. You know, that fun Darren Aronofsky romp in the rain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, with, you know, hey, shall I kill my grandchild or not? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yes! And that ruler, that uh, surf ruler sneaking on the boat. And rock monsters. There's rock monsters. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Nephilim, right? Listen, Nephilim. Well, no, they didn't actually call them Nephilim. So I don't know. It was a weird mix because Nephilim... Well, the Nephilim are giants. And they're after. And I guess they could have been what could have been referred to as Nephilim. They were hybrid. You it, know, well, it was a hybrid because, see, in in the actual uh, legend of the Jews and some of what we read in, in Genesis right. 6, um, you have fallen angels producing Nephilim. Nephilim. Right. Okay, well, in that movie, the fallen angels were the rock they monsters. They became the rock monsters, right? Right. So... I don't know exactly what they were doing there. Hmm. But uh, you have to read the Zohar to figure it out. Now, that's what I'm questioning. That The Zohar is the uh, book that... That's the Kabbalah, Kabbalistic uh, right. writings. So the Kabbalah, that's, that's you know, Hollywood's favorite Judaism. <laughs> right. <laughs> Madonna's Judaism. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you take witchcraft and mix it with Judaism and you get Kabbalah. Wow. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, it is. I'm about to study that. <clears throat> so anyway. I'm interested in that. Okay. So yes, we're talking then about Noah, and we're doing a types and shadows, Shadow, shadows, shadows. on Noah. Yes. This is gonna be really good. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Okay. So um, what do we know about Noah? Uh, dude was a. Uh... Let's forget the movie existed for a minute. Okay. And and let's go back to our uh, vacation Bible school or whatever. Sure. <laughs> What the uh, who who built the ark? Noah. 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 Who built the ark? <laughs> wow. Father Noah so, built the ark. Okay, this is what we know about Noah. Noah was a righteous man, right? Yes. And a, a man that that God found. The Bible says God found favor in him. Whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Right. And <clears throat> blameless uh, in his generation. Yes, he was blameless in his generation. And so Noah had a wife and three sons. Yes. Right. And God came to Noah one day and said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Lord said, Noah, we're going to build an arky, arky. Right? Who built the ark? <laughs> Noah, no. See, you and I have totally different traditions here. <laughs> you don't know that arky, arky song, do you? No, I don't. See, I don't know that other one. Whatever you're singing. <laughs> Great. That's so So, funny. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Seriously, what's the matter with you? (laughs) You don't know my Bible school songs. So okay, um, wow, we're getting okay. So okay, go ahead. Noah had a wife, three kids. Yeah, 
that and, whole thing. Okay, God said, "Hey, I'm about to flood the earth because I don't like the way things are going." Yeah, man so, is wicked. I regret that I ever built this, uh, made this these people yeah. spend the next hundred and so years building this big old monstrosity of a box, right, in the middle of nowhere. Right, where there's no water. Right, knowing that I'm going to flood the earth. Right, and Noah, by faith, did this. Wait, so he didn't climb up a mountain and talk to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Talk to his grandfather, uh, <laughs> Methuselah. Methuselah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is interesting that uh, Methuselah did die the same year that the flood happened. That's right, he did. Yeah. If you do the little math, because they give us the you know the uh, which makes sense the, the genealogy in chapter five because he probably died in the flood. <clears throat> and uh, well, you know, just, what does that mean? Does that mean that that Methuselah was not righteous? Not righteous, or does that mean his time had come that he yeah he was just worn out? He's like, I don't want to hang out here anymore. Yeah. I'll I'm, just go with I'm the done. water. Yeah. Go with it. No one. Okay, well, anyways. Okay, so that's nothing to do with well, anything, sorry. Uh and and for you, you know, is if if you liked the Noah movie or whatever, um, I would suggest read that book by Brian Gadawa. You know, we we interviewed Brian Gadawa uh on the show. He wrote a book called Noah, and it is uh Noah Primeval. And and it yes. is and it is a really really cool rendering of this huh. story because the Bible's kind of vague about right. who Noah was, what he did, and all this sort of thing. But what we want to do today is look at Noah in terms of a type. Yeah. Okay. So uh, some of the things that are important to note is that that uh, Noah was in the line of Seth from right. from Adam right. through Seth Seth down to Noah, and then you had. Um, this event where it said that um, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and right. found them fair and had children with them. And there were giants in the land in those days. And, of course, all that's very vague, kind of strange language. Sure. Um, some extra biblical resources that actually the Jews held very closely to. And, and uh, obviously the New Testament writers did, too, because they quote from some of it, yeah. uh, like the book of Enoch. Uh, gives us more detail as to what was going on there. That these these uh, angels had come down to heaven. I mean, down from heaven, and had had fallen, and they uh, mated with with women. Right. And this produced a strange offspring. Uh, that the actual language says the original language is nephilim. Right. Which means is, giant. It, well, it can mean giant, and that's why it was kind of translated that way it's actually the i think it was the septuagint that translated it uh it's like gigantus or something like that and that's kind of the first time it was rendered as giant right it really means fallen ones is what it means so um but anyway so you have all this going on in the earth, and, and God looks down on it and says, I regret that I've done this, and, and I am going right. to uh, cause a flood to wipe everything wipe out. Yep. And so he tells Noah to build this ark and directs all these animals to come in pairs, and some of them in more than pairs, so that there could be sacrificial offerings, and et cetera, et cetera, while Noah is on the ark. And then... God shuts the door once once the rain begins to fall. They he and his family get into the ark. God shuts the door. The floods begin to happen, and then uh, I, I think it's like a year and a half, two years of flooding on the earth before it subsides, and right. it, it it comes to rest on Mount Ararat or the mountains yeah. of Ararat, and uh, opens up. Everything goes out, 
there's a rainbow in the sky and everybody's happy. Yep. Double rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, so anyway, so I want to talk about some of the things in this story that actually are a good symbol of Christ, things that, that were a foreshadowing. Wait, hold on. So there's foreshadowing in the story, you think? Dun, dun, dun. There might be a type or a shadow. Yeah, down into, in fact, there's probably more than I'm going to be able to talk about because uh, I just have a few notes. Are you going to uh, talk about the ark itself? Oh, yes. I, want, I, 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 I am going to talk about the ark itself, but there are some things about the ark that I did not, I was meaning to put in here and didn't. Oh. So we'll get to that. Well, let's see. Whatever you don't get to, I might might throw out to you. So go ahead and start. What are, what are your types and your shadows? Shadows. Well, shadows. Uh, one of them that I want to look at is um, the names. Beca- okay. Because, you know, uh, the meaning of names are really cool because in, in Hebrew, there's always this thing going on. Oh, yeah. Where uh, God is using names and naming people. Uh, for their purpose, right, and leading people to name um, their uh, their kids um, for his purpose, and so uh, that comes into play here in this in the story. And it's actually really cool. Something that happens in chapter five. Uh, chapter five is one of those chapters that we normally just will skim over, right? Yes. Um, it just had a whole bunch of names, right? Yeah, because all it is is so and so begat so and so, and then he lived so many years, and then right, he begat right. so and somebody else, and then he died. And I mean, it's just kind of uh, what we would consider boring rhetoric, right? So uh, we usually don't spend a lot of time on that. But I think there's some cool things that can be found in um, in actually looking at these names, seeing what they mean, and doing some of the math to see exactly right. how old these these guys were. And one time I did a, like a little line graph on them to, to show that, wow, it's like s- several generations and Adam's still around. Right. You know? <laughs> it's, right. It's because they all, you know, we talk about Methuselah being the oldest man ever, but they all had very long That's right. And in fact, spans. Adam hadn't died very long before Noah, right? Um, or had he died well, at he, all? Yes, he had, uh, but I can't remember exactly. He uh, he had it, was, it wasn't like an e- enormous <laughs> right. am- amount of time. Um, so let's see. <clears throat> let's look at uh, the names in chapter five. I'm not going to read all of chapter five, but I just want to go through the names of the people in uh, at from Adam to Noah. Awesome. Okay? okay, you've got Adam, and then his son Seth, mm-hmm. and then Enosh. And then uh, Kenan, and then Mahalalel, uh, Jared, and Enoch, Methuselah, which, you know, that's uh, Anthony Hopkins. Right. Uh, Lamech, <laughs> and Noah. Right. Okay, so now if you take and, and, and do, you know, names can mean certain things, but if you, if you like the name Adam means red or like reddish or whatever, but... If you take the the actual Hebrew that makes up the name Adomah, it is like in the language it means something else, and that's uh, you have to kind of do that with with these. And I and I didn't come up with this. I found this through um, a um, uh, it was a Jewish uh, theologian that put all this together, but uh, <clears throat> obviously a Jew that is converted, right? Because a messianic Jew, yeah. Because whenever we look, at, and I think we've talked about this before. Like a long time ago, 
or, or about again? Sure. So now Adam, his name means man, Adomah. It means man. Right. Seth, his name means appointed. Because whenever Eve has him, she says, God has appointed me to have another son. Mm. So she named him appointed or Seth. Mm. Enosh means mortal. Kenan means sorrow. Mahalalel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Um, Enoch means teaching or teacher. Methuselah means his death shall bring. Yeah. Which that's interesting in and of itself because like we said, Methuselah died in the year of the flood. The flood, that's right. His name was a prophecy yeah. of his death shall bring. The flood. The flood. Yes. That's So it's kind of like his, he, he was kind of like the, the time clock. Whenever he died, that's whenever the flood would happen. Right. Uh, Lamech means despairing. Hmm. And Noah's name means rest. Yes. Okay, so if we think about Noah for a minute, um, as a type of Christ, his name means rest. Peace. So yeah, so you think about Jesus is our rest. Right. He's our Sabbath. Absolutely. He's our, you know, he's, he says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest. rest. That's what he is all about. That's good. And that's what Noah's name means. It means yeah. rest. Now, here's the cool thing. If we were to read all these names as a sentence using what their names mean, here's what it says. Man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a prophecy Absolutely of, of Christ. Jesus Christ. And so... First off, leading up to Noah, I thought that in and of itself. Well, it definitely needs needs to be brought up before we get into the actual story because, I mean, this is a that alone is a type and shadow of 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 course everything points to the gospel, but that alone, I mean, is a is just a foreshadowing of the gospel in such a way that I mean, so many other things. It's just a list of names. People are always like. You know, what do we do with these names in Scripture? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes God leaves us these beautiful things in the names, and he wants us to search this out. It's pretty awesome. <clears throat> so that's a that's an amazing thing. But I love his, his death shall bring the despairing peace. Yes. So it's almost like two different words. It's a pun. It's a play on words there. Because his death shall be the dis- bring the despairing. What is the despairing in that? I mean, it's the flood, right? His, right. his death shall right. bring the despairing. But then also, his death shall bring the despairing peace. Noah, and we'll get to this in a second, but when you think about the, the play on words there, the despairing peace, that means the people who are guilty and about to be destroyed, he brings them peace. R- rest. Rest. Yeah. And rest, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that. That's, that's just beautiful. Anyways, yeah, keep going. Cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <clears throat> well, let's look at uh, uh, Genesis 6 and just look at a few verses. Sure. And right now I'm reading in the ESV. Okay. It says uh, in verse 5, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land, 
man and animals and creeping things and birds of heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Mm. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Yes. Okay, so um, I see a bigger picture here. Yes, it's talking about antediluvian time frame, right. which that means anti means before, before diluvian the means the flood. the flood. So before the flood, uh, this is what God was saying, literally. Okay, but if we take this metaphorically and look ab- about all history of mankind, and God looks around and sees, does he see a whole lot different? No. No, he's really seeing kind of the same thing he saw then. Right. The wickedness of man. And it was great. Oh, yeah. On the earth. Isn't that kind of what we have now? Most definitely. Yes, we have. This is definitely. Every generation seems to say this is the wickedest time on on the earth. It can't get any worse than this, you know, whatever. Well, mainly that's kind of short sighted because we compare it to the 50s, and the 50s seem wholesome when we look back on it. Yeah. But, uh, they but, you were know, just doing everything in secret. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the Renaissance period, Victorian age, there was some crazy stuff happening. Oh, yeah, definitely. Romans. Yeah, you drop back <laughs> to the Roman period. <laughs> yeah. Where you think of, you know. <laughs> yeah, all, all this stuff dealing with, yeah. with sexuality and stuff is Corinth not new. At the time, this I mean, is not new. And acceptance of it is not new. Sure. This is just, right. it's a cycle. Yeah. We, we go through this stuff. <clears throat> so, um, so anyway, it says that the, the wickedness of man are great on the earth, and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow. I mean, that's that can be said like pretty much even of us as the church, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, our, the thoughts of our hearts are, always are evil yeah. continually. I mean, we're always lusting after things. We're always prideful about stuff. We're always greedy about things. Sure. We always want something we don't have. Right. And cutting. Yeah. I mean, this is stuff, I mean, even... even committing our lives to Christ, we still find ourselves, our hearts being, focusing on evil continually. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's none righteous. I mean, right. that's the reality. Yeah. We're all evil. And, you know, even Noah was evil. Mm-hmm. People don't, people think, well, Noah found faith in the eyes of the Lord. You know, and granted, Noah was probably a, a pretty righteous guy. But in, in comparison to these other people, but... The reality is this Noah was no better than anybody else. Right, right. Well, and maybe outwardly, right. maybe it was because he, cho- he chose to walk with God. There are, other, um, there are other things about Noah that could play into this. That he was a clean bloodline? Right. You know, if, if we're going with the whole Nephilim problem right. and stuff, that Noah was perfect, uh, complete in his generation. And that actually, to me, that actually makes more sense. Yeah. To because because of what I, but you had to be a certain type of guy who would listen to God. Right, God knows our hearts and He knows how we're going to respond. Right, and that sort of thing. Right. So um, he's he he's the same way with 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 Noah here. Yeah. So um, he says that he regretted that he made man on the earth. Yeah. And and uh, you know a lot of people will use this as a scripture to say, see, God doesn't know everything. If He knew everything, how can He regret? How can He have regrets <laughs> if if He if He knew this was going to happen? And I think that we're kind of missing the point, right? Of what that of of what it means uh, to be sorrowful for how it's turned out doesn't necessarily contradict. Your knowledge that it was going to turn out that way. Right. It doesn't mean you didn't know it was going to happen. Right. And uh, so, and it says it grieved him. 
and 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 so um so anyway his his decree is that he'll blot man from the face of the earth and even though he's talking about floodwaters here this is eventually going to happen in a different way right um in in at, at some point uh but what but what i found interesting here was that noah found favor i think the king james version says uh grace yeah noah found grace in the eyes he found grace in god's eyes yeah that means that yes he didn't deserve it right he found favor because not because he was a perfect guy i mean but because because of who god is god god knew what his potential right could be absolutely and so god set him apart for that you know i love that i think i think grace is a better word to put there yeah I like that. Yeah. And and because uh, the King James version is, if it ain't the King James, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's yeah. not the Bible. It's not the Bible. <laughs> right. People are going to be tuning in for the first time and going, that's a bunch of King James only guys. <laughs> um, that's funny. But, but um, if we look at Noah, he was the savior of mankind at the right. time. Who, who was it that he saved? He right. saved uh, his family, those that would listen to the teaching of right. God, those that would... Uh, would follow God in yeah. this plan were saved through the, the hands of this man, Noah. Exactly. So in essence, he was a savior because of his faith in God. Right. Because he found favor with God. Right. Well, Noah is a type of, a type of Christ here. Right. Right. And we'll also see later on Noah is a type of man, I'm guessing. But... Of course, because Noah is a man. Right. But Noah is a type of Christ here in that it's through him that, that we gain redemption. You know, mm-hmm. if we didn't have Noah and his family, then we would have ended up not having anything after right. after Noah. And so uh you know, you, you see Noah as the savior of humanity here. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing picture. And and again, uh the way it fits with Christ is that Christ lived a sinless life, mm-hmm. and Noah was a was a righteous man. We don't we we don't re- up into the flood, we don't read anything despairing about disparagingly about, about Noah about Noah. That's right. Yes, he had some problems later on, but oh yeah, <laughs> but but right here building uh, vineyards. Yes, he's he's. <laughs> Uh, if we jump down into chapter 7 and look at verse 23, it says, okay. this is the fulfilling of what happened. It says, he blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. Yeah. Okay, so this is about getting on somebody's side. Who, so you have to be so, with Noah. Someone who's teaching the truth, you get on his side. And and you follow him, and that leads to life. And you're saved, yeah. And that's exactly uh, what Jesus uh, did. He is. He said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And, right. And we'll quote that more than once in this particular type and shadow. But he's the way. Yeah. He's the. You must follow him. He's the direction. And without being with him, you cannot right survive this flood. Right. You cannot survive. Uh, the impending doom that is there. So this is this is is very much the same thing that's going on um, in chapter six, verse thirteen. It says, "And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them hmm. with the earth." So uh, we have here um, something that is not really. It, 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 
God is, Noah's been given information by God about this, about this, this deluge that's going right. to happen. And so he's the only one who knows. So how, how does this trend, how does this go forward? <laughs> well, if we jump over to second Peter, I want to look there um, in chapter t- uh, two, verse five. <clears throat> it says, "If he did not spare the ancient wor- world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah." So he's making Peter's making a point here. But in 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 this point, I want to pull out the fact that he calls Noah a herald of righteousness. Wow. That means Noah is a preacher. Right. That means he wasn't keeping this thing to himself. No, 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 no. He was telling everybody, look, I can fit you on the ark, but you've got, you've got to, to come to God. You've got to, to repent of this wickedness that, that you're indulging in. And the, the, the end of that matter was they wouldn't listen. Oh no. Yeah. Only seven people listened. Right. And they were his family. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Which that in and of itself, you have to be part of the family. Yeah. In order to be saved. Yeah. Right? So what does Jesus do? He he makes us part of a family. Sure. We're adopted. Right. We're joint heirs with him. It's a beautiful So picture. just like Noah's family, were, it was his family, we can be part of our herald's family Amen. as good. well. And so um, the, the thing that, that um, we get from you know, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, Matthew 23, you know, he unloads on them. And he's really upset with the fact that he had a message and they weren't listening to it. Hmm. And um, this is, is, is part and parcel with most of the world. Most of the world will not hear this message. Right. Or they'll hear it, but they won't listen to it. Right. And this is a good picture, again, a type of shadow. This is a good picture of just how much of the world will be saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, very minuscule compared to the, the, the amount of people who will be destroyed yeah. because of their sin, who choose not to choose not to repent, choose not to get on the boat, and choose not to to believe the good news, which is, yeah, God's going to destroy the world, but He has provided a way of salvation. Yes, and and so, so he he just like Noah, he had provided a way of salvation, right? And few there were that found it. That's right. Just like Jesus said, there would be that that the the, the gate is narrow, and few people will will go through that door. That's right. And, and uh, you know, I used to think a lot of that was because people just weren't willing to sacrifice what it took to do that. Huh. And I don't really necessarily think that that's what it means now. I think it really means that you have to give up yourself. You have to give up your your wants and your desires and, and, and sacrifice Amen. yourself. Right. And it's not just about uh, pledging allegiance to a certain group or a certain... Um, way of life and then okay now that's gonna save me <laughs> it's a it's about actually having a, a deep relationship well with him being in his family just like yeah just like his uh noah's son and the word is their surrender 
Mm-hmm. It's really it's it's about you surrendering, right? Right. And that's what they they would have had to do in order to get on the ark. I, you know, I I don't know. I know it wasn't God's plan to save anybody, but Noah and his family. But part of me thinks that if you know if uh, if they would have repented, if they would have chose to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would have been salvation there. Yeah. Well, well, you know, in the, the passage I was just reading from Peter, Peter's talking about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in the next passage. Oh, yeah. Okay, look at how that went down. Oh, God's man. like, I'm wiping them out. There's none right. righteous in it, whatever. And what was Abraham's response? Lord, if there's, uh, what what does he start with? Like 100 50 men, 50 men, yeah. yeah. 100 men, 15, 50 men, he ends up, if there's one, Lord, if there's just one. Yeah, he, 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 he <laughs> that's, that's what you call chutzpah. That's right. <laughs> that you can, you know, barter with God. But the thing is, I think, you know, God obviously knew that he was going to save Lot and his family. Right, but he went. He let Abraham go through this oh, process yeah. anyway. He was teaching him a lesson there because, yeah, it's, it's about um, it, it, it is about and it's about grace. It's a right. message of grace. Yeah, saying because because he, he was right the first time. Yeah, there was nobody righteous in there. Sure, Lot did not deserve right <laughs> to come out of there. Did he? I mean, right. look at Lot, who Lot was and what Lot's response was afterward well, and how it all went down. He was living in the middle of the that city. You know what I mean? And yeah. I can't imagine that he was any better than no than any of the other guys. And so. and but because God had grace on them, he saved them anyway. Right. And so and I think that that if these people had turned, you would have seen seen it work out differently. But obviously, it doesn't. Okay. So let's let's look at the the ark for a second. Okay. Noah built an ark. Okay, that is that in and of itself is a type as well. Okay. Okay, so the the ark, he didn't build a boat, by the way. He built a box. Right. And that's what ark doesn't necessarily mean boat. Uh, ark is it, it was a box and uh it's a holding thing. What is the Okay, what does a boat have that a box doesn't? Well, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Steering wheel, a rudder, sails, perhaps, you know, oars. Right. These are things. What do you do with those things? Well, you try to steer them. You try to steer the ark, right? <laughs> right. You control it. You're right. The ark had none of that. Right. So what's the point? Well, it's basically, you know, to, it, it's there to... To save you, but that's it. I mean, yeah, it's who's all in, in God's control hands. God's in control of this. That's right. It's it's it, it completely removes man's ability from the equation. That's brilliant. Okay, so that's part of what the law was there to teach us as well, is that your ability cannot make you righteous. You cannot obtain what you what this this level of perfection. You are out of control. We're right. all out of control. It just depends on whether or not we're going to lean on God and let him control us, or are we going to lean on our flesh and let that control us? Sure. And so that's an important thing, I think, is that the ark was designed for complete obedience to God. Right. I mean, there Turning was no- it over. What they do, they just sat inside. They huddled. They fed the, the animals every day, and they they waited. Yes. That was it. There was no, 
you know, they had no direction. They had no control over what, what this thing was doing. It was total, complete obedience and uh, relying on God. So God gives Noah the dimensions of this of this thing. He d- he tells him the type of wood to use. Right. He tells him uh, what kind of pitch to seal it with. He he closes the door himself. That's right. Noah's not in control of this. No. Nope. He all he's doing is going where God's leading him here. Yeah. Okay. And and it reminded me of what did Jesus say uh, whenever he was speaking there in, in uh, Matthew 16, whenever they were at uh, Caesarea Philippi, and <laughs> and and they're going on about uh, this whole um, thing that they're looking at there, which was a a worship center for paganism. Right. And Jesus says, "Upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my church." Yeah. And the gates of hell yeah. for Hades will not prevail against it. Right. Okay. Remember whenever we were doing Jonah? Jonah went into the depths of the sea. Sure. And what did he compare it to? A d- death. Yeah. Shale. Yeah. Sheol. Hell. And it wasn't. And so hell, if the sea is a representation, the depths of the, of the right. sea is a representation of death. The depths of hell, then it's not prevailing. That's right. Against this ark. That was built by God. Yeah, and now in this in this way, you know, we have Noah as a type of of Christ, mm-hmm. but we have the Ark as a type of Christ as well. By the way, how many doors were there in the Ark? One. One door. Have you reached that yet, or have you thought about that? That was something really cool to me when I think about the fact that Jesus claims in John ten. Mm-hmm. He's the door, right. right? He's the only door. And so you can only go through him. You can only pass through him into salvation. And then what does God do? God shuts that door. And if if it's up to God, again, to see you through in your salvation, mm-hmm. then nothing can happen to take you out of that. I, I just love that picture. Beautiful. So Yeah, I think that's, that's uh, spot on. Yeah. And, and, and the ark is also a, um, a, a, a type of of not only um, Christ himself, but of the structure we're part of, the church. Huh. You know, because, you know, just like Jesus said, I will build my church. It's my design. I will build it. You will be in it. You will be part of it. Wow, that's good. But you don't have, and, and it's riding in that, the safety of that, that actually... Uh, Keeps you out of the depths. Right. Keeps you out of. Keeps us afloat. Right. Keeps us together. <clears throat> keeps us, uh, you know. I, it's amazing how we have fellowship in the ark. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's there's awesome. a family in the ark. That's right. Right. So, yeah. uh, 1 Corinthians 15, um, verse. Uh, let me begin in verse three. It says, "For I delivered to you." As of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. Okay, so right. we have here the one of the few passages that explain the gospel very concisely. Sure. This is the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. That's right. And the good news that we receive because of that. Now... He says that I did this, that he did this in accordance with the scriptures. He, yes. he more than once. So, in other words, who designed it? 
God. God. <laughs> That's right. Once again, this is built by God so that it can sustain us and keep us safe. And, right. and think about all these passages that we, we have, like in Hebrews 10, where it talks about not forsaking the assembly. Why does it say not to do that? It, it's so that we can uh, edify one another, so that we can uplift one another, even as you see the day approaching. Uh, approaching. Right. You know, we the whole point of us being together is to strengthen one another and to uh, to be together in times of trouble. Well, there's nothing more troublesome than knowing on the other side of that wooden wall is nothing but a world full of water. That's right. That's right. Undrinkable water. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. You know, uh and again, to further this whole this whole idea of of uh, of the ark being the type of salvation, right? First mm-hmm. uh, Peter three twenty and twenty one. Did you pull that up? Uh, no, but go ahead. It says the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. This like figure, wherein to even baptism doth also now save us. Not in the putting away of filth and flesh, but the answer of a good conscience for God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. So the idea is that we're in the days of Noah, right? Mm-hmm. Right. This picture is we have the chance to get on the ark right now. Right. Right. And, and that's what Peter's saying. That the, these are the days of Noah. Get on get on the resurrection of Christ, which is the ark. Right. Trust in this the salvation thing. Trust in this gospel because the only thing that's going to save you. And the reality is, and Peter's saying the reality is, most people aren't going to get on this. Only eight souls were saved on the ark. Most people aren't going to right. join on the resurrection, and that's Christ. the whole point of that passage. Is, yeah. is that is that there is is to say this this issue that happened with Noah is a type. It is a shadow of a um, of something you have to be a part of. Right. There's there's no other way around this. Uh, Jesus said in John fourteen verse six. Uh, once again, no one comes to the Father but by me. me yeah. I am the only way and so that okay what it, it talks about baptism there baptism being uh death burial resurrection. resurrection that's what it is that's what we when we are baptized that's what we're doing we're dying we're being buried we're being resurrected how many uh how many levels of the ark have uh you know i don't know if three I it. <laughs> it had three really yeah okay uh, i was just reading that oh cool but when you said that it's pretty awesome uh, and this is this. Uh, I didn't pull that that. Uh, I pulled this that, up. that passage. It's pretty so interesting. Cool. But death, burial, and resurrection. Awesome. And the idea. I mean, that's the picture of of salvation right there. Death, yes. burial, resurrection. Yes. Three. So, Anyways. so yeah. And um, let's see. Here's another thing that I think is is kind of cool, is uh-huh. because you're not steering this thing, that means it's tossed about. Right. Um. So think about the turmoil that would be on an ocean that covered the entire world. No, nothing to break the waves. Nothing whatsoever. It's you're just completely the wind is having its way right. with the water. Right. Which means swells. Yeah. Huge, huge swells. Swells. And what was it that, that we were talking about a while ago when God saw the earth, he was like, I see that the earth that man is wicked is wicked. That, yeah. that the intents of his heart are evil continually. That is turmoil. And so here we are in the safety of an ark, 
so built good. by Christ, right? And it is afloat where <laughs> turmoil. That's right. And that's exactly what we see everywhere around turmoil. us is is turmoil. And and so it's about uh, knowing it would be scary to be on the ark, but it would be scarier to be outside of it. That's right. <laughs> So, so you know, at least on the inside, you had a comfort of yeah. knowing that water is not coming through. And there is no those other walls. Yeah, there's no other place on earth. None, literally, no other place on earth where uh, where there's safety can be found. There can be safety. It's right. only it, within the confines of that ark. Yes, brilliant. The thing uh, that was designed by God. Right. And uh, not only now, I don't think that. Um, that Noah did all the work when he built this ark. Right. I'm sure his sons helped. Uh, however, the Bible doesn't tell us that. Right. The Bible tells us that Noah built Noah the ark. Noah built the ark. That's right. Who built the ark? Noah. 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 <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, the, the Bible tells us that Noah built the ark. Right. Um, so... Once again, like we were talking about with Abraham, sometimes the Holy Spirit's quiet about things to also make a point. Yeah. So it didn't have to say Noah and his family built the ark uh, because maybe it was trying to help build this model and help build this 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 foreshadow. Okay, so if Noah's the only one ascribed to building the ark, he then in in uh, literacy or um, in the in the in the actual words of the Bible. He did it all, all on his own. Wow. So Jesus couldn't have any help doing what he did on the cross. Right. The work that it took to build what is saving us. Had to be his own. Had to be his own work. No one could do it for him. Right. He had to go. That's why he was, he was alone in the garden. Amen. And I believe that's why that, that um, we have the followers even falling asleep. Yeah. Because it wasn't ordained that he have help. Right. This had to be something that he endured yeah. of himself. And even whenever he was on the cross saying, I thirst, what's he drinking? Uh, Bitter uh, wine with gall, gall or whatever. <laughs> whatever sure. gall. Is. I don't, it just sounds nasty. I don't want <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's the type of soft drink. So, so, <laughs> so he didn't have any help. Right. You know, whatsoever. Absolutely. And so Noah. Doesn't isn't ascribed to having any help either. Yeah. He's only it's ascribed as his work. Um, so um, so let's see. Um, Noah was also let's look at the at how the story kind of comes full circle. Sure. Okay. We have the um, we have it come the the ark comes to ground right on the mountains of Ararat. Everything starts to dry up and everything, and um, we have Noah receiving. A covenant huh. from God. So, um, well, I was thinking. Okay, go ahead. No. Um, so, so anyway, he's receiving a covenant. Yeah. And Jesus, as well, has provided a new covenant. So there was a covenant that that exists now under Noah. Right. That did not exist before. Okay. A promise to mankind, and that promise that he, yeah is was that. He would no longer destroy man by water. By water. That's so, right. um, so first off, let's look at um, how this covenant came to place. Uh, let's look at Genesis eight. Um, there is something interesting here, um, which is in verse four. 
this is where the ark comes to land. And it says, In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Yeah. Now, I always find it interesting whenever the Holy Spirit sees fit to give us a specific date. <laughs> Or a specific number. Okay. Like, I'm sure there there is some significance to the number of cubits that the ark was. Right. <laughs> was, I haven't dove into that enough to give you a topic. Is there a significance for but uh, I'm gopher sure wood? I'm, there, I'm sure there's significance. Okay. Uh, but but we, can, we can actually ascertain some of the significance. Uh, these... Moses wrote this. Yeah. Okay, so it was written under Mosaic calendar. Now, right. now the calendar changed uh, in Exodus. Okay. Whenever the whenever the, the Passover occurred, uh, because it was such a huge thing, God said, "Today, this this month is going to be your first month." So God reordered the calendar. Then, right? Okay, and so on that day, that was Nizon. That was that it happened in the month of Nizon. Okay. In on the Jewish calendar, and so they were like, okay, today, Nizon is now going to be your first month of the year. Okay, so that would be like us, you know, like something big happens in June, and we're like, oh, oh, now we're gonna June's going to be the first day of the first year, day, so we so, can remember, yeah, right. So that's what happened to, to them. But at the time of Noah, that had not happened yet. The seventh month. On the old Jewish cal- calendar, the seventh month of, of the current Jewish calendar is uh, Tishri. Okay. But at the time of Noah, the seventh month was Nizon. So you're in the month of Nizon, 17th day of the month. Now, the 14th day of Nizon is when the Passover occurred. All right. Okay. Jesus died on the eve of Passover. Passover. Right? 14th day of Nizon. Was it 15th? I guess it'd be 15th. No. 14th. So 14th, that's right. Three days before. Well, three days after his death. The 17th day of Nizon. The 17th. Which would be his resurrection. His resurrection. So whenever the ark touches down or whenever they get out, mm-hmm. it's the 17th day of Nizon. Yes. Right. So oh my goodness. new life. Right. They step out of of this into a new covenant, new life. Sure. They have basically been reborn. The earth has been reborn to to walk in newness of life, right? Wow. Yeah. Isn't that what Jesus gave to us the day that he came out of that tomb was a new covenant, a new life. <laughs> Uh, uh, and that we, whenever we go through that, as Peter said there, that death, burial, and that resurrection, that we, what does Romans say? He says uh, that y- when you were buried with him in baptism, to walk in newness Raised of life. to walk in newness you, of life. To walk in newness of life. You have this That's new right. start. You have this new, this fresh um, uh, 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 life and a new shot at it. Uh, now operating under his safety. Um, so... Then we get to the the kind of the last thing here that that occurs, and that's a chapter later in chapter chapter nine, chapter nine uh, beginning in verse. Well, I love okay, verse twenty two. Before you go into okay, chapter eight, go ahead. As long as the earth endures, seed time to harvest, cold to heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So it's like new life everlasting. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Which is awesome. Okay, so go ahead. Okay, so if we jump down in, in chapter nine. 
and begin verse 9. <clears throat> he says, uh, God's talking to Noah, and he says, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God yeah. said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And when I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that yeah. is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. <laughs> And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. And when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of the flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. That's awesome. I always think of this and then I think of, you know, why did God do that? And part of the reason is... Uh, it had never rained before, right? Mm -hmm. So, right. like, every time it rained after that, I imagine Noah and his sons are going, <laughs> so, oh, oh, look out! Doing it all over again, though. <laughs> but then they realize, oh, there's a rainbow, you know? Right. It's it's the sign of the covenant that's, that's awesome. And it's a, you know, it's a covenant everlasting. He's never going to destroy it with water. Now, he, you know, he says it'll destroy it with fire, but, right. you know, that's a whole different thing. Well, think, amazing. Of, think about it in terms of his covenant with us, through Christ. Yeah. So uh, just like Noah is under a new covenant, so now we are under a new covenant that also offers much of the same things right. that he promises here, a new life uh, for all the earth. And remember in Romans, well, I believe it's Romans 5, it talks about the whole earth groans right. waiting on the him yeah. to, 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 uh, to come through. And so this is... Um, we have a, the same type of thing. We have a new covenant, a, a covenant of life, everlasting. Yeah. So he says, I will never destroy. Okay, yes, he's telling, I will never destroy the earth with water. But for us, it's I will never destroy again. You will be, you will never see destruction. Right. This is an everlasting covenant right. that, that I have with you. And the symbol of this, I think, is really cool uh, because... Yes, we look at the rainbow and we just see a bunch of colors, but the science behind a rainbow is is it has a, has bigger implications. Because what causes a rainbow? The division of light. Right. And so, uh, think about Jesus once again. He's a symbol of our covenant as much as he is the creator of the covenant. And he says, "I am the way, the truth, the and, truth the life, and the life." We as we had been through, but he also says. That um, uh, that it, John says in the first chapter, he is the light. That's right. And the darkness could not comprehend it. Right. And so he is our light. Right. And shining through our midst, he is, is, is divided amongst us, just like white light brings forth a lot of color whenever, yeah. it, whenever it hits that prism. His light hits us, and we produce all kinds of color color in life and and that sort mm. of thing so I, I see i see another little model 
happening there in the covenant itself is that it's all based on light. And, so and God is our, is, is our light. Jesus is our light. Did you think about the birds? That's what I was going to... I did not. I was just, uh, man, I want to do that, and I, I totally forgot about it. But there's got to be some parallel there, too. With the with the dove, mm-hmm. you know, because that's such a symbol. Well, it is a messenger. That's right, and and it is a representation of the spirit. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking. So the dove, you know, we have we have the symbol of of a dove, and the dove, you know, he sends out a raven the first time. The raven doesn't bring anything back, but the dove, whenever he sends that out and brings it back, what is it? It's a you know, he brings it. The the dove brings back a branch, an olive branch, right, which becomes this huge. Symbol, you know, throughout mm-hmm. history of peace, of peace, right? That's right. So, you know, it's this this picture of through the storm we're saved, and then the Holy Spirit bringing that peace, right? Right. Just like you know, God for some reason chooses to use the the image of the Holy Spirit lying. Alighting on Christ as a dove, as a dove, right? It's an amazing, you know. It's it's a throwback to to mm-hmm. Moses, right? Well, and think about it in this way: uh, that that dove comes to all of us, right? You know, we all receive our recipients of the Spirit. Yeah. So that dove comes to us, yeah, carrying that the olive that branch. olive branch, Come and on. and so it's like I'm going to give you peace from now on. Yes, I'm coming to you because your new life is right here. Exactly. You're about to land and begin your new life. Yeah. That's beautiful. And this new covenant. That's awesome. So Wow. Awesome. Good stuff, dude. All right. Well, the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network. And we're doing this completely off the cuff this time. Let's do it. So uh, you can visit us at gctnetwork.com and you can subscribe there to the newsletter and learn about all of our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema, who there is going strong over there. They're about that's to right. hit, they're about to hit number sixty, man. Oh my goodness! Wow, yeah, they're getting awesome. old. Yeah, there are several ways you can contact us and leave us leave us feedback uh, through. Let's see, through iTunes. Uh, no, there's some yeah. through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite pod. No, wait, I'm totally <laughs> off. Let's see. Let's see. Facebook is Facebook Theo, slash Theonauts. Uh, Instagram at Theonauts. Yes. Twitter at Theonautical. Uh, or leave us a message at gctnetwork.com slash Theonauts. <laughs> Am I right? Well, you messed that up a little bit. Ah, man. <laughs> Where's my notes? I can't well, I do this. I'll have to print those out I'm again. going back to my trailer. I quit. <laughs> so- you can email us at yes. theonauts at gctnetwork.com. That's right. And we'd, we'd be more than happy to to, uh, to answer to you. your stuff and bring it on the, on the show. Hey, Maybe. you yeah. can call in That's on true. our voice, voice line. It's 972-885-7270. <laughs> uh, I think right. Don't forget to uh, tune in to us again as we explore the vast reaches of God's word. Thank you, David. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. See you later. God bless. This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. This is your great commission transmission.
your great commission transmission. Rich Rod Tater.